I love to talk. While I was prepping this sermon, I had just had lunch with a good friend. And you know those times when you're with your friends and it just doesn't feel like you have enough time and it feels like you could just talk late into the night? Uh, it's a good thing that I do love to talk because it's a huge part of my job. I've always done ministry, either with college students or now church planting. And when your voice goes, it's a major detriment to your job. So for any of you who use your voice for your job, you know, for some people they have a cough, it's like not a big deal. And then for those of us who use our voice, it's very impactful. And it's not just impactful for me or for you if you use your voice, it's just part of being human. Talking is a huge part of what we do. And communication, understanding, building relationships is really all interwoven. It's how we can connect. It's one of the ways we hope to work on becoming a beloved community, like we've just spent five weeks talking about. It's the way, one of the ways we love our neighbors, part of the Great Commission of helping people understand Jesus, and for those who already follow Jesus, for us to encourage each other. It really, a lot of it is interwoven with talking. Now, there are many forms of communication, not just talking and listening, but those are the two that we decided to do a series on following our beloved community series. Brian last week invited us to listen, not just to listen, but to listen for understanding and transformation. Today, we're gonna talk about talking, which feels rather strange, and my children thought it was ironic, but a small detail of talking in our lives is that research shows that the average average person speaks seven to 10,000 words a day. So this is the average. So I'm thinking I'm probably in the 100,000 range. And then some of you are in the 5,000 to maybe 4,000 range. You know how you count steps on a tracking device? I think I should have one of those for my words. <laughs> Incidentally, setting up church, 4,000 steps. Little fun fact for you today. Well, because I talk a lot and I don't need help necessarily in talking, but in choosing when to talk, I thought it would be interesting today to invite you to be part of this. I'm not gonna ask for call and response. You're not gonna be on camera, don't worry. But I do have a slide, Emma, if you wanna find it. I am going to invite you to turn to somebody next to you. And if you're sitting by a stranger, it's fine. Um, what are some clues that you have had a good conversation? I put some things up there, but I'm just going to give you about 90 seconds. Turn to someone. What makes a good conversation for you? And maybe look around if there's someone nearby who's not sitting right by someone. You can scoot. So if you're at home, if you're online, you could go in the chat and put a comment in. Or if you're sitting with someone on the couch, what clues... What are clues? Boy, look at that. I forgot a word. That's ironic. What are clues that you have had a good conversation?
So I saw someone holding a phone, and I'm thinking the good conversation isn't when you're using your phone. In uh, Pastor Brad mentioned last week in his sermon, whether someone checks their phone or if you have a watch that gives you an indication when you get a text, I'm trying really hard when I'm in a conversation with somebody, if I have the indication come, to not look and see, because some of those things don't help. You cannot even say a word and you can interrupt someone, can't you? All right, well, talking is one of the ways we connect, and it's so important. But I think we could all figure out in our memory someone who recently maybe said something that they shouldn't have, and social media, or they literally lose their job over it. So one of the things uh, that is important is that we need to be careful what we say. Mark Twain, I think actually ripped this off from the Bible, but Mark Twain said, it's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than open it and remove all doubt. Have we heard this comment before? This is maybe, you should put this on my tombstone, Brian. (laughs) The Proverbs warn, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Instead, we want to be like Proverbs 15.23, which says, A person finds joy in giving an apt reply. How good a timely word. Ephesians 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building, oh, help me, Lord, building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. But how do we do this? Now, caveat here, I don't have the answer. I don't know if you've spent any time with me, but if you have, I said to someone today, I feel like I could just stand on stage and say, hey, have I ever offended you? (laughs) Yep, see, everybody's laughing. If you haven't met me and you're online, maybe just have a text conversation. I might accidentally offend you. Um, I might say something rash. I may say something slightly inappropriate. It just happens. So I don't know why I'm preaching today other than the Lord wants to help me with my humility. Uh, But for me, I'm very well aware, I'm very self-aware, thank you, Lord, of my issues. And I can work on my words and work and work and work on them. I can even go through seasons where I literally do this. You might not notice me, but in conversations, mm, 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 I'm literally physically biting my tongue so that I listen better and I don't talk too much. However... That's only part of the problem because I've also been told my face talks even if my mouth isn't open. (laughs) This is true. I was on a Zoom call during the pandemic and I was in the back of the room. Christopher, you were in the room. And a guy on Zoom in a different state said, Sandy, what are you thinking? And I was like, I didn't say a word. And he said, I know, but I saw your face. (laughs) It's pointless for us to bite our tongues if we're not considering the deeper issues or our heart. Because, and I believe this, and you can put this on my tombstone, words matter. Your words matter. And our collective voice as a Crossview Rosa Parks community, or Crossview at large, or as the Big C Church, our voice matters. And it might not be words, it can be our face, it can be a lot of things that we communicate, right? Matthew 12, 33 through 37, Jesus has some things to say about our words. The context is Jesus has freed a demon-possessed man who is both blind and mute. 
he is not able to communicate, which I think is interesting for this setting. Pharisees and doubters claimed Jesus was empowered by the prince of demons, and that's why the demons are obeying him. He's in, he's in cahoots with the demons. And Jesus points out the weakness of this argument in a rational way, and then he essentially tells all those who are listening, it's time for you to pick sides. And then he says this, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Whew, is right. First, Jesus talks about a very, again, rational, frank truth. If a tree is bad, let's say it has a bad root system, it's not irrigated well, it's diseased or even broken, then the fruit will be bad, if there even is fruit. If a tree is planted next to good, healthy water, if it has nutrients, a rich soil base, and grows into a healthy tree, it will have good fruit. Now, I'm a sucker for words, and if there were ever a day I could go really deep on the words in Greek, this would be the day. So this word good, it seems so innocuous, like, oh, it's just good. It's actually, I think I'm saying this right, Greek is kalos. It means beautiful, handsome, excellent, eminent, choice, meaning like perfect, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable, commendable, and admirable. I love looking up what words mean. Meanwhile, compare that to the word bad. This can mean rotten or putrefied. You like that word? Putrefied. Anybody want to go buy some putrefied fruit after church? I think not. It means it's good for nothing. It's worthless. It's literally tossed out in the back of the grocery store. Interestingly, Ephesians 4, when it talks about let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, that word is the same word for bad. Putrefied, worthless, good for nothing. That's not the kind of words that Paul wants to come out of your mouth. And it's the same that Jesus uses here. Jesus says, evil people, they can't speak anything good. I know you're lying, your lips are moving. Megan Trainer, anyone? Out of the overflow, the mouth speaks. Some different translations says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So this word overflow, it's what your heart is full of. It's the abundance. It's what's leaking out of you. Or when you're poked, it's what comes out of you. It's the same word that's used to talk about the abundance or the overflow after Jesus fed the thousands of people and there were baskets left over. This is the same word. The abundance. It's what's left over. It's what is there. Jesus says a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in them. It's this sense of treasure. What is precious to you? 
what you're storing away. I have this image of the Amazon warehouse. And sometimes when you go and you order something, it'll be like, hurry up, there are only six left. Because there's a storehouse. Somebody's keeping track of how many fill-in-the-blank items are there. It's what's precious. All right, this is my favorite. If you're under 18, I expect giggles. Boys, listen up. When it talks about this coming out of you, this abundance, right, and then it comes out the overflow, all right, this can be translated as driving out, like it comes out of you, or being expelled with force, as in excrement in the belly being expelled. I have an image of violent diarrhea from the movie Bridesmaids. <laughs> There's no stopping it. They ate some bad Indian food, they're out afterwards, and they're all sick. And there's, there's nothing to stop it. It's being expelled. That is the sense of overabundance and overflow. Are we getting the idea? It just comes out. Whatever is bubbling up in you, whatever is growing in you like a tree, like a plant, whatever it is will probably come out of your mouth in the form of words. So for the grand finale, if that's not disturbing enough, Jesus talks about judgment here. And he says that our empty words will be judged. This word empty is, again, like worthless. Or in terms of an idea of working, it's laziness. You should be working, you should be accomplishing something, and instead you're not. Jesus says that those words will be judged. My dad used to always say he didn't really have a problem with swearing. He just thought people were lazy if they swore. Because there are so many words in the world. Why are we saying these one, two, or three words over and over and over again? Like, pick something else. You're just being lazy. This is not a sermon about swearing. Okay? We will be judged by our words. Jesus is talking about the final judgment, which will come for all of us. And just like he talks about in this passage, he sort of says in this passage, pick a side. You're either good fruit or you're bad fruit. Now, here on earth, we're all in process. We're all in a journey. But there will come a time when we need to choose. And for y'all, that might be today. Is it going to be the good or the bad? And this passage seems to indicate what comes out of our mouth is indicative of what's inside. And if you're not really sure, this is a great day. This is a great day to choose the good side. Jesus says that by our words we will be judged. And that makes me think of elsewhere in scripture when it talks about confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. Confession is your words. And again, we all know it's not just about the words that you're hearing that are coming in through your ears or that you're understanding I'm saying. It's what we're communicating. It's what is in my heart. Words are important to Jesus. His words matter. 
We have books full of Jesus's words. John 1 says, the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. Genesis 1 says, God spoke and it was. We are created in God's image. God gives us words. I bet if we went back into our circles and had a conversation right now, and I said, what's something important someone said to you once? Maybe it was a word or two. I bet we all could think of either a conversation or a word someone called me, or, I don't know, just something someone said to me that literally changed my direction or my heart or my attitude. Words matter, but not just our words. It's what's bubbling up inside of us that, per, that produces those words. So it begs the question, doesn't it? What's in our hearts? What are we storing? What's bubbling up? What's the overflow? If it gets expelled, what's coming out? Philippians 4 used to be written on a huge post-it note in my closet, which was my office when I lived in Bemidji. It was a large closet, but it was a closet nonetheless. And I had my desk in there and my computer, and it was where I spent, I don't know, 40% of my work week. And I had it written, Ephesians 4.29. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admir admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the reason I was trying to remember this verse is I knew my words were problematic and they could hurt people or that I just used a lot of them and maybe I could have some more discernment. And so this verse was one of the ways I tried to work on what I was thinking about, where my heart was. And it reminds me of that long list of how we define the word good in our Matthew 12 passage. Beautiful, handsome, excellent, eminent, choice, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable, commendable, admirable. If we could somehow write that list, and I know sometimes we think about this, like, is it kind? You know, you ask those questions, is it going to be helpful? It's that same mindset. We teach our children this, right? And when you think about that list, that is what the kingdom of God is about. When we're building the kingdom of God, when we're loving God and we're loving our neighbor, that is what it is. Those are words to describe it. Now, some of you may not be as self-aware as I am, and you don't even know what's coming out of your mouth, so hello, wake up today. Uh, if you're not sure what you're communicating, ask some people around you. Maybe you think you're fine with this, and actually, you're not. So, just like a couple weeks ago, we talked about waking up, talking about racial righteousness. Maybe this is your wake-up call today. Maybe you have no idea what your face is communicating, your body. Maybe it is your words. Maybe you have a word that you've been saying a lot lately and your family's tired of it. <laughs> or maybe it's you're complaining a lot and you're not being very positive. I'm not sure what it might be. But I think one of the ways that we can follow Jesus is by considering that our words matter and we can work on it. We can follow Jesus. We can be more like Jesus in this way. So number one, I have a question for you. How are you speaking? Look at what's coming out of you lately. 
Do the words come out, fit into the worthless and putrefied? There's some good words today. I hope somebody's writing these down. Putrefied category. Or are they handsome? Admirable. The word choice is really resonating with me today. Sometimes people say, I had some choice words for that person. Sometimes those aren't always great words. Or perhaps you could be like me and record yourself and then watch and listen later. That's fun. <laughs> so how are you speaking? What's coming out? Secondly, who, if you're a journalist, you're going to love this, who are you thinking of? Are you thinking about yourself? Oh, I hope I can tell this story. Or are you thinking of the other person? I wonder what's going on with them today. Scripture tells us that our words affect those around us. Proverbs says this, for joy, for building others up. Your words are powerful. Man, for you teachers, you get to have such an impact on those students. We who are parents so appreciate it. And the flip side is true. My ninth grader can come home with stories of what teachers are saying. Sometimes they get an email from me. Some people are on administrative leave right now because of words that they chose to use at the middle school. Words are powerful. We can wreck someone's day by a harsh word, and we can illuminate and like electrify somebody's day by just one positive thing. And I know this because it's happened to me, and I've watched it happen to other people. Now, for some of you, you are the opposite of me. God bless you. I'm so glad that you're here, and some of you are even my friends. Speaking is not a habit of yours. You are not the person who often offends. You are the quietest in the room. You come alive with one or two people, or perhaps in your job, you excel at this. But in general, you're thinking to yourself, words are the last thing that I'm worried about with my relationship with Jesus. Well, guess what? You are invited today to speak more. We want to hear from you, and maybe it's not with words. Maybe there are other unique ways that you can. We want to have your voice in our lives, in our church. When you're volunteering and you are an extrovert and you're taking initiative, or when you're not, there are ways for you to have a voice here without having a Sandy Shelton Asker personality. Praise the Lord. We are not all like me because we are too much for a lot of people. We who are extroverts, we might know this. Sometimes we just need to shut up. Bite your tongue. Give people an opportunity to speak. If you're in a small group setting, I have a rule. I try to let three people share before I open my mouth if I have something I need to share burning inside of me. Everything in our heads does not need to come out, and I do not need to text a certain text stream everything that happens in my life. <laughs> Even if it is spilling water and it's sort of funny. Sometimes sitting in silence and forcing that silence is one of the ways that I do better in the course of the day. Lastly, when. When shall we speak? It's admirable to speak. Sometimes it's more admirable to be silent. So, this Super Bowl was last week, 
and I was listening to a podcast on Monday or Tuesday, and they were talking about certain things that happened in the, in the Super Bowl, the commercials, the halftime show, and it was a bunch of Christians saying, I don't know, are, should we be offended by this? <laughs> because some people went on Twitter, and they were offended. Should I be offended? I thought it was hilarious. Twitter, social media, your words matter. The Super Bowl, having conversations with your neighbors about what happened, how you talk about it, matters. We're all on a journey to discover how God can transform us and become more like Jesus. And we can ask questions, how, who, and when, about our words, because our words matter and our voice matters. We have an opportunity in this day and age as the church to have a voice. What are people going to hear from us? Sometimes people know what we're against. They don't always know what we're for. When we're discussing the referee after the game, the recent school decision, the president's state of the union, or the price of eggs, our words matter. I'm going to invite you to join me on Wednesday nights We're going to study the book of Acts, and we're going to study the impact of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray for us today, and I am going to, hopefully during Lent, I want to learn more about the Holy Spirit. And what does it look like for me to be full of the Holy Spirit so that that is what comes out and not all of the other things? After I pray, you're free to go get your kiddos, and I'll have the worship team come up. Lord Jesus, oh, I need help with this. And anyone who's listening today, we need your help. Jesus, whether we are extroverts or introverts or in between, Lord, if we struggle sharing our emotions or struggle talking, struggle not talking, Lord, if we're still figuring out what kind of voice we do have, and Jesus, we need your help in all this. Lord Jesus, would you come in the form of your Holy Spirit, and would you fill us so that we can bring you glory, we can love you, God, and we can love our neighbor. Amen.